0: So who's your support? Who's your support? We live in a, a country and in a time when people like to do it all themselves. And I got news for you, if you try to do it all yourself, you're gonna always wind up in trouble. So who is your support? Who holds you up? Who keeps you together? The first reading that we have today is a classic and uh, a very simple setup. So you got Amalek who's a real jerk and he's out starting a war. And so Moses says to Joshua, listen, you go fight the battle and I'll pray. So Moses is up there with his hands out on the mountain and he's praying and they're just killing it. And then he starts to get tired. And as his hands start to go down, Amalek starts to get the better of the battle Back up. They're winning back down things aren't going very well So a couple of his friends come, come along Aaron and her and they say, here Take a load off sit down. They got him a place to sit and they held up his arms and The battle went on swimmingly. In fact, the last line of the gospel was, and so Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people by the sword. And you said, thanks be to God. (laughs) Don't you just love the Bible? But there's an important truth in this that we don't think about very often. And so when we think about this idea about support, what's the nature of your prayer? What's the nature of your prayer? I mean, I think about something like St. Monica. I think I might have mentioned her last week or a couple weeks ago. So here's Monica, whose son's a playboy, or really a playboy, and uh, he's running around and his mom's praying and praying and praying. And and so finally he says, I'm getting out of here. And so he goes off to another town and his mom follows him. Mom, can you leave me alone? No, she didn't. She prayed and prayed and prayed and what happened? Now we have St. Augustine, who's a doctor of the church. She wouldn't give up. But I suspect that many times our prayer is kind of like we go to God like this cosmic vending machine and we stick three Hail Marys in and we pull the knob and we don't get anything out of it so we get mad and take our business someplace else. We kind of quit. We kind of give up. Well, the persistent widow with the dishonest judge wouldn't have gone very far if she would have given up, would she? And so we're given that example because, of course, God's not the dishonest judge. But what's the nature of our prayer? I think the other thing that sometimes it's important for us to just be clear about is that just because you pray for something doesn't mean you get what you want. I and mean, to me, I kind of liken it that, you know, people see the bumper sticker, God made Notre Dame number one. Well, what about when Notre Dame plays another Catholic college? They're both praying for the same thing. So you see how dumb that is? So what does it mean to pray? Well, an example from my own life uh, is something that I remind myself of often. So when I was growing up, my dad was an active alcoholic. He wasn't abusive, he just was absent. He was working three jobs, and when he wasn't doing that, he was at the tavern. And so I used to pray like hell that God would change my dad. Prayed and prayed and prayed. And I remember one time going out to the garage and he had, there was a case of Schmidt beer in the garage. And uh, so I went out and I opened all the bottles and poured them out and mom said, Johnny, he's going to kill you. And I said, no, he won't. Dad came home, case was empty. He just went down to the tavern and bought another one. He didn't know the difference. But I prayed and prayed and prayed. And you know what happened? God changed me. God changed me. Because during the time that I started that prayer, I didn't treat my dad very well at all. In fact, he was a non person. I didn't pay any attention to him at all. But over that period of time, God, God changed me, and that made a difference in our home. So, what about you in prayer? What about you in going to God for your support? Do you do that? Do you do it? when it's convenient or is prayer like any kind of a relationship like I would imagine a marriage to be where it's it's an everyday thing it's a day in and day out thing it's a relationship and so when we do that it becomes part of the fabric of our life and so the second part the second question I have for you today is who are you a support for because that's why we're here Some people make the mistake of thinking that we're here to kind of keep our own nose clean and get ourselves to heaven. I don't think so. I'm firmly convicted that on the last day, God's not going to ask us how many novenas we did or if we missed any holy days. But he is going to say, tell me what you did for other people. And I imagine him, I'm sitting on a prickly chair and the screen comes down. He's going to show pictures of people. What did you do for her? Do you remember this guy? What about this one? God puts people in our lives for a reason, okay? God puts people in our lives for a reason. That doesn't mean that we came to save them. We only got one Savior. But our job is to accompany is to be there, to be a support. And you know yourself that if you've gone through a time in your life when things were really tough, what really, you know, sometimes when a guy asks, well, what really saved you? Was, was it God or was it your friends? And you say, well, it was my friends. Well, who the heck do you think sent them? We believe in an incarnational God, Word made flesh. And so who do you support? And it's not just the people that you like. You know, it's that person who the phone rings and you look at the caller ID. They don't do this in Edgewood, but they do it in other places. And you look at the caller ID and you go, oh, my God, I can't deal with her today. No. It's the person who usually aggravates the hell out of you. And they need your support. They don't need to be saved. They just need to know that you're there. Okay? And so sometimes they may be coming up or you're driving over to their place and you just say, All right, I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to show up. And God will help you to be whatever you need to be in that situation. So we need to be like Aaron and her who see somebody who's struggling, see somebody who's in in trouble, and we go and help them. I remember uh, years ago, before I was ordained, we were taking a clinical pastoral education course at the State Mental Hospital in Independence, and there was a very wise chaplain that we had, Father Ed Frost, and uh, we were talking about, how do you know when people need help? And Father Ed said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, when you see somebody who's in trouble, don't make them pawn their dignity a second time. Reach out to them. If they don't want it, that's fine, but they will know that you are there and that you are willing. So don't make people say, well, you know, they never said anything or they never asked anything. Go after them. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Need anything? There's a saying that's worded a bazillion different ways on Facebook that says, be kinder than necessary because everybody's fighting some kind of a battle. Boy, that's the truest thing you'll ever know. And about the time that I make a judgment about somebody, that they're crabby or mad or something, and you find out the backstory, it's not the case at all. They're having a tough time. they don't know what to do about it. And for all of us, we do the best job we can with the tools we've got in our toolbox, but sometimes we run out of screwdrivers and pliers. And that's when we need somebody else to say, here, sit down, let me hold you up. Doesn't take much. But the same thing is we have to be willing to ask God the same thing. We need to swallow our pride and say, oh my God, I can't deal with this. And I need your help. So that's that persistence in prayer. And if it's a, a chronic situation in your life, if it's somebody who isn't going to go away and probably is not going to necessarily change a lot, you may have to pray every day. You may have to pray five times a day. You may have to pray every hour. God, I need your help. I'm going to kill her otherwise. Those are the best prayers. You know why? Because they're honest. God can work with honesty. God can't work with dishonesty. So, we've got these, these great readings today, and Jesus gives us the example of a dishonest judge who finally gives in because he's afraid the old lady's gonna club him. God's not like that. God is ready and willing, sometimes to change the situation, sometimes to give you the unfailing strength that you need to put up with it, and other times to change you. Those are all wins. So as we continue to pray, let us pray to have better prayer. Let's have a prayer that's more honest. Let's have prayer that starts with our own weakness, because only when we admit our own weakness can we deal with the weaknesses and the sinfulness of others. And we realize that by being a support to others, that's how they will experience Christ. Life can be a battle. But we can be successful like Joshua if we have the support of those we need, of Jesus Christ and of those who love us.